0: welcome everybody it's been a while since i've been on uh our podcast and uh you know i feel bad for that i was i was fucked with my work schedule but i'm back and we are on episode 41 um this past weekend i let the government inject their 5g's of vaccine into my arm <laughs> so i now have a 5g network running through my system um <laughs> In other words, also, in other things and topics, baseball season has begun. It's full go. The world is spinning. It must not actually be flat, like Kyrie Irving once said. Um, <laughs> and the Masters golf tournament is next weekend, so life is good, right? Um, Alex, beard game strong. Life is good. How you doing?
1: I'm great. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fantastic time to be a sports fan right now. Baseball has started. Hockey and basketball are coming down the stretch here. Um, you know the women just finished their tournament the men finish it tomorrow and yeah the masters are next weekend like literally everything's going on except for football pretty much so yeah I'm, I'm doing great. yeah
0: that that is true. Uh, things like I always say are flourishing um, and so with Alex beard game strong uh, trade in beard game wrong because he is fully baby baby face right now fully <laughs> shaved. And I saw you a couple of days ago
2: and you didn't look like that, but how are you doing? Trey? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, yeah. I mean, y- you guys said it sports are sports are going like crazy. It seems like, I mean, we went to a baseball game this weekend. James and I went to a ba- an actual baseball game, like, w- like actually watched people play a sport live. Um, not behind the damn screens. That was, that was awesome. Um, and the angels won. So that as a double whammy there. Um, yeah. And I drank a lot of alcohol, which is <laughs> always fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Traden said uh, he was giving up alcohol for Lent. And uh, we're with him on Friday. We get to our first brewery and he sees me and James drinking a beer. And then he's just like, uh, I think I said seltzers, not beer. And <laughs> so he just started <laughs> drinking beer. So he he may be going to hell, everybody, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> James, how you doing, man? I know you were pumped to go to this Angels game, um, and live fans are back, even in L.A., soon. Not yet, but soon.
3: Oh, dude, that game was amazing. Traden's right. I drank a lot of alcohol. He drank a lot of alcohol. So did you on Friday. Also drank a lot of alcohol. Um, Learned how to play backgammon. Backgammon? In my car. (laughs) That was a lot of fun while drinking a beer. Good call, (laughs) Trayden. Good call on the beer, Eric. Uh, But this weekend was great uh get time to relax drink some beers with some buddies and go to a baseball game and by the way hulu has live
1: sports
0: <laughs> yeah no free ads um,
1: sponsor yeah
0: but uh backgammon i still don't get that game um i just would highlight a, a whatever those are pieces and and just it would tell me where to move them and then trade and be like "Ooh, great move and i'm like yeah yeah exactly um everybody tyler is not with us this episode um I believe he's working or it's Easter Sunday or both. Um, But, you know, we're here grinding for you guys Easter Sunday, mainly because of me, actually. It's mainly my fault. But um, a quick little breaking news, uh, Shohei Otani currently pitching uh, in the Angels game. And in the first inning, he hit a solo home run. They showed a stat that that hasn't happened since the designated hitter position was created in the American League in 1973. Huge stat for you guys. We're big stat guys. We do the facts. Um, But uh, we want to get right into the relevant sports going on. Um, And Alex is going to start us off tonight with the NBA like he always does. He's got some hot fire to spit for us. Right, Alex?
1: That is true. Um, Yeah. So before before we kind of get into it, two things. Congratulations to the women's Stanford team. Uh, They won the um, women's tournament just like an hour and a half ago, um, beating the three-seed Arizona um, women's team. Uh, it was a close game. I think it was 54-53. Arizona had a shot at the end. It was a terrible shot. Um, it, it was. I mean, if you like watch the, if you. It was just they they poorly executed the last play of the game. Um, but congratulations to Stanford. Um, and then tomorrow night, Monday night, we've got Baylor and Gonzaga playing. After Gonzaga hit a buzzer beater. Yeah, holy uh, to beat shit. Beat UCLA last There's night. There's no
3: way in hell that they lose. There's no way. No, no way. How did we forget value. to mention
0: this in the beginning?
3: Yeah.
1: Holy fuck. So, yeah, that was insane as well. Um, well, uh, fantasy-wise, we're still kind of going on right now. Like, the game games are still going. Um, but, you know, I update us as always. Um, yours truly is going to win again, obviously. I don't really know why we're not – why if that's even the debate. <laughs> uh, Tyler is destroying this week, so he's going to get a win. James is also going to get a win and trade in going to possibly squeak out a win over your fiance. yes love that so traden has got some trash talking at home so that's pretty good um and then one last thing before we get into like actual nba stuff guys space jam 2 trailer dropped did you watch it no I haven't seen it yet, no. no. Okay, oh, well, I don't know why I brought it up because none of these fuckers watched it, so <laughs> <laughs> never mind. We'll <laughs> talk cool, about though. it later. Was it cool? <laughs> it was pretty cool, and it's got, just like Space Spaceship One, it's got, uh, you know, cameos from current players in both the NBA and the WNBA, so uh, give that a check out. Uh, you know, it probably won't be as good as the first one, but... Damn, Is this I it not it ever
3: better than the original, though. Mm.
1: Hmm. There's very few exceptions. Very
0: few.
3: That could
1: be a whole segment's where Yeah, I feel like yeah, that information.
3: Mm. Eric,
1: you got it, man. Eric, <laughs> stretch, yeah. That feels like a whole different thing. Um, okay, <laughs> let's, get, let's get into current NBA stuff that's going on. Um, I feel like we talk about him a lot, but Joel Embiid is back for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he missed about three to four weeks with a bone bruise in his knee. Um, I've taken two anatomy classes, so I'm pretty much a doctor. Um, but I'm 90% sure that bone bruises are still hurt after like three or four weeks. <laughs> um, so Eric, what do you think, what can we expect from Joel and Bead coming back, um, you know, with probably lasting pain and injury, you know, kind of woes in that knee?
0: Yeah, you, you are actually right. Bone bruises do hurt a lot and they do kind of linger too. Um, but you know, it's, It seems to be common sense, but I feel like he's going to start out slow. Um, Normally, you know, they're going to throw him on a little bit of minute restrictions. I don't know how big Doc Rivers is with that um, from past experience. (laughs) If he listens to the sports scientists when they talk about minute restrictions. But nonetheless, he will be on some minute restrictions. Um, But he's going to be a huge help for them, of course. And looking at his stats, 30 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, three assists per game. Um, but what I'm thinking is he's probably going to have more assists because he's going to be a little winded getting uh, his game back. And I feel like he's probably they're going to you know he's going to post up and they're going to try to do ISO stuff with him. And if he gets all tired, he's just going to pass it back to somebody, maybe to Tobias Harris or one of their shooters. Um, but you know, it's really good timing for them. They're they actually, you know, with withheld and stood up against um, a lot of teams during the time he's been gone. They're still in a good spot. And, uh, you know, these upcoming games, they got Celtics, Pelicans, Thunder, Mavs and Brooklyn Nets. So they're going to need him for for that stretch. There's about 22 games left in the season. So I think he's coming back just enough time to dial it back in for them.
1: Yeah, yeah um... Yeah, kind of speaking on the, you know, conditioning part, that's something Joel Embiid has been criticized for in the past. I mean, he's a big boy. You know, he's seven feet tall, 280 probably. Um, so working his way back in, it'll, it's going to take some time. And you're right, they held up without him. You know, he was the front runner for the MVP when he went down. And they've held up without him. Um, it does kind of help. They play in the East, and there's really only three teams, I feel like, that have a legitimate shot. It's Those top three teams, the Bucks, the Nets, and Joel Embiid 76ers. Um, but you're right, Tobias Harris has been amazing with Joel gone. Um, and it, you know, their defense should get better, and it will be fun to watch him, you know, down the road for the rest of the uh, rest of the season here. Uh, moving question, on, real fast, yeah, go for it.
3: So, Bone Bruises hurt, and you guys had mentioned before that the Sixers are doing well without Embiid. So, do you think that they should have waited to play Embiid until he's fully like one hundred percent, no pain at all, before putting it back out there? Because they're rolling right now.
1: Mm. No, um, I feel like they're you know they're professional sports teams. I would assume that their team doctors are pretty intelligent, and if as long as Joel Embiid is telling them the truth and saying you know it's a manageable pain, and you know they watch him on the court, and you know he played well in his in his first game back, then. No, I think you play him and get him back into shape for this stretch run. Um, you know they're going to want the best seating possible in the East so they can avoid those other two teams as much as they possibly can. So uh, I see your point, but I'm I you know I would assume if he's healthy enough to play, they're going to play him.
0: Yeah, I mean, who would they would have to play? What like the Celtics first round if they kind
1: of slip down or. Yeah, he depends on yeah. whoever comes exactly. out of that play-in tournament. It's all that. Play. Yeah,
0: yeah, true. But either way, it'd probably be better off for them to just just to dial in with him back in the lineup so they're ready. But yeah, I mean, it is a concern. It could be like a little bit of a trial and error thing. See how he is that first game. If
2: it fucks with him, then then take him out again. Is that an injury that you can rush early and it be an issue down the road?
3: Oh yeah. Conversation would, patterns. Yeah. It would yeah, not surprise
1: me thing. if he played like fifty percent of the games. Like yeah, one game think, on, one game off, one game on, one game off down the road.
0: Yeah, they'll wind
1: him into it. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. Um that's a good question, James. Uh okay, moving on. I specifically saw this report and my first thought was trade in. So and then it worked out well because I I brought this up and we had a we had a nice discussion about it pre in our little text group. Uh, But there's this report going on that during the all-star break weekend, LeBron, you know, he picked Steph to be on his on his all-star team. And there were conversations that LeBron was trying to convince Steph to come to L.A. after next season. So Steph can sign an extension this offseason to play um, up until age 38 with the Warriors. It's a shit ton of money. Um, you know, he'd probably take a little bit less if he did that to, you know, help the Warriors bring in some other, you know, veteran players. Um, but, you know, after the after the Celtics big three and the Miami big three, this the NBA has been so star driven. And I know, Trayden, you are a Warriors fan, and I know Kylie is a Warriors fan. Um, so what do you think about this LeBron-Steph team up? You know, LeBron would be –
2: 37 38 at that point step 34 35 something like that um i don't know what i hate more the idea of them of them teaming up or the source of the information espn's brian windhorse is the one who brought this up on his podcast mm-hmm. and he has zero credibility zero evidence that this was even a thing it's completely out of the air bullshit to make a story dude If you're that if you're struggling that much for viewers or listeners, do something else because you're doing it wrong. We do this all the time where we just like throw up some random clickbait bullshit. That's all of our lives are surrounded by. This is just another one of those. Does anybody on this podcast honestly think that Steph Curry would even think to go team up with LeBron in in L.A.? Seriously. No, it's like a zero percent. I I would give it like 15 percent. I would say it's I would say it's maybe one percent. They ha- there's a better chance that LeBron goes to to, to Golden State than Oh, I disagree than, with that. Then uh, Steph Curry goes to uh, LA. No, LeBron's trying to
1: no. Okay, finish your point and then
0: I actually I'll, I'll let me just interrupt like I always do. I actually could <laughs> if that were to ever happen, I could see LeBron going to the Warriors joining Clay Thompson, Steph. No way. And yeah, dude, they were trying to land Giannis Giannis this year. It didn't work out. I mean, Tate filled the LeBon spot is at the end of his
3: was. career and he's gonna stay with a star like a historical franchise. He's not gonna go to a franchise that isn't historically right like the best of the best.
2: What, the Lakers so are the best of the best. Said, with all that said, there there's no way that he's gonna leave all that money on the table and go to the LA. He is gonna stay in. in he's gonna stay and die a warrior. There's no way that that the Warriors franchise will let him go away. To answer your question before, what do I think of the team up? <laughs> this this whole league, and we and you got and we said this on, on our Texas thing. This league is broken. Like that's all this league is about is, is teaming up and doing this whole thing. And here's the thing. Like I, I actually appreciate the fact that players make it to free agency and get the ability and and deserve the ability to choose where they go. I'm actually for that. That said, it has kind of ruined the game in that like, that's all, if your big three isn't better than the other team's big three, you're not going to win. And that's just not how a sport that I grew up playing is like where you're bottom six can make a, make a huge difference down the stretch. So uh, it just, it just seems like it's just going to be a, a, another, you know, Brooklyn nets. You guys said it on the, on the text. Did, it, did I, did it, you know, I said, this league is going to be broken and you guys made the point that it already is broken. Well, yeah. So do you want to make it I- even more on, you know, I, I think it's cool on paper. Like it, it's, it's cool to hear, you know, these two guys team up. They did at all-star break, which was pretty interesting. I I just think it's, I I just think it's not, it it just doesn't lend itself to much parody in the league. That's, that's my issue with it.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So the parody of the NBA is long gone. I mean, it's just, there's the top heavy teams and there's realistically, you know, this year, maybe six teams that could win it. Assuming the Lakers get healthy, if not five teams that could win, win the championship realistically. Um, and, I mean, as a fan of both of those players, I think it would be super fun if they played together. Um, you know, they're probably the two most important players in the last two decades in basketball. Um, and speaking of LeBron going to, uh, going to Golden State, 0% chance that would ever happen. His Part of his whole move to L.A. was because he wanted to get into the Hollywood, into Hollywood, I mean he's obviously in, in this you know starring in space jam 2 he's been in other movies he wants to like kind of ingrain himself in that like southern california
2: culture and so i can't just i just can't see him doing that i uh, um, i i agree I'm, I'm talking a zero versus a 0.1 percent chance that, i still that, think zero percent chance that that steph goes to la and there's a point one point one percent 0.1 percent chance that that LeBron goes to to gold state. That's it. It's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think it's
1: at least point two after they were down by 61 points to the Raptors last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't, I want Steph to finish his career as a warrior. He was, you know, I've never been a Warriors fan, but you know, being a Kobe fan, seeing what Dirk did in, in Dallas, like that type of thing is so rare now, you know, yeah. Jeter with the, with the Yankees that in any sport, you know, we just saw Tom Brady after whatever 22 seasons or whatever it was with the Patriots move on. So That's I hope, I hope he stays, but I also kind of want to see him play with LeBron. So it's,
2: I'm, I'm kind of torn. Um, okay. And then, Oh, go ahead. No, I said, I feel that I just, yeah, it, it just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting topic
1: and yeah, I, I think, know. yeah, I think it'd be cool. Um, so two moving on. So yeah. So two veteran players have signed 10 day contracts, um, Isaiah Thomas and DeMarcus Cousins. We talked about Boogie a while ago, and he's just been out there forever. Um, so Isaiah Thomas is signing with the the New Orleans Pelicans, and then Boogie is signing with the Clippers. Uh, James, which one of these guys will you know stick around past those 10 days or will make a bigger impact on their team?
3: I think this is the easiest question you've ever asked me, Ooh, to be okay. honest with you. Um trading real fast. This is just a segue kind of thing. But do you know who Isaiah Thomas is? Yes. <laughs> is that is that like a confident yes? Or just uh, of, definitely eh? not
2: a confident like I heard the name before.
3: Okay. So that's the biggest thing. Isaiah Thomas has not played in the NBA like as a big name since like 2016. He's been kind of in and out doing his thing. Like last played at the Wizards his last game was February 2020. And that was when he was saying with the Wizards. Isaiah Thomas was an MVP runner in 2016 when he was with the Celtics. He came out of nowhere and put up 28 points per game and like 10, he averaged double double. And he's like this five seven dude, super explosive, does his thing. And it, it was fun to watch. But then injuries happened. And Isaiah Thomas since then has not been able to bring up that level of play. I honestly think he's just signing with the Pelicans for this 10 day contract because they need depth. Uh, they have like seven guys on injured reserve right now. They are not healthy. Um, the biggest hit to them was Josh Hart, who just went to IR for. He's going to be gone for a significant amount of time. So he's going. I think Isaiah Thomas will stay past that 10-day contract, but once he's going to be buried in the depth chart once Josh Hart gets back. And in the meantime, he's he's going to come off the bench and put up five, six minutes a game, like nothing crazy. Isaiah Thomas is nothing like he was before, and it sucks because he was a cool story. The biggest part about that is that it's, he had a hip injury and for how small he is, he can't rely, he has to rely on his athleticism. He has to rely on his footwork and his explosiveness. he can't do that with a bad hip. That's why he's gotten so much worse. DeMarcus Cousins, on the other hand, like he's shown and proven that he can play at a high level still with the Rockets before he he decided to, you know, cut ties with the team who's averaging a double, double, like he can still play. DeMarcus Cousins injuries were that, were serious injuries, but because of modern medicine, they don't pose that much of a threat to somebody's career anymore. And ACL and Achilles, yeah, it takes a year to recover from each, but then when you get back, you will be fine. And that's been proven. I mean, KD does it. is going to come back and do the same thing. DeMarcus Cousins will be fine. He's playing at a high level right now. And the coolest part about this is is that he's playing with Rondo again. Rondo just got signed with the Clippers, and back in the day when they were on the Pelicans, Rondo brought out the best in DeMarcus Cousins, and I think that's going to be the same thing that happens here. The Clippers need physicality on the inside, and that's exactly what the Marcus Cousins bring. Serge Ibaka is kind of soft, not going to lie, and Zubach is a big baby. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. You need some physicality on, on the inside, somebody who can't be moved, somebody who's mean, and that's the Marcus Cousins. And I think he's gonna—he's definitely going to finish out the season with the Clippers, and he's got a pretty high level.
1: Okay. Um, I, I do agree with you. I think, you know, obviously the Clippers are a title contender um I sat on the podcast last weekend or last week that I thought the clippers were the favorites to come out of the west now. Um, but to to your point, we haven't really seen I mean yeah, he was averaging a double double off the bench for the rockets, but we haven't seen DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins in since those days with the Pelicans, which was, I think was also 2016. And he's a 7-footer. He doesn't have to be that now. He doesn't have he to. Has, but those are both yeah. major injuries to your lower extremities that he has to deal with. Um, you know, I, I he's like good, Boogie. He has a
3: good sports medicine staff in the Clippers. Come on. You got Eric <laughs> right there. Like, it's a you good. got Eric
1: right there. <laughs> yeah. um, I just healed him. <laughs> there we go. I, mean, be, I, would, I would like to see him succeed. He's been through a rough couple of years. Um, you know, he did technically get a championship ring last year, sort of as a part the of the Lakers. So, and they lost the year before that. Oh, that was the year they yeah. lost the Raptors. Um, so I do. I mean, yeah. I think they'll probably both finish out the seasons on their respective teams, but Boogie will make more of an impact. And I like the Rondo pairing. I didn't even think about that, um, but I think what Rondo brings to the Clippers is going to be more important than what Boogie brings to the Clippers. But um, finishing off with some Clipper talk, um, which means Eric, I'm all done with basketball this week. A little shorter <laughs> since there's just the just the four of us, but I'm all done.
0: Yeah one other uh that was great alex that was really good insight and we had a lot of like questions too that we covered there one last random thing um boogie cousins uh we witnessed him just rupture his quad chasing a basketball when the clippers played the warriors in the playoffs that year but you know that's besides the point so he has had a big injury history um but you know i think hopefully. uh, he could be okay with that and as well as like you know his side of off the court is what people talk about too so hopefully that is better um but we're gonna take a break and we're gonna get right back into the next sport that's currently going which is the nhl with our hockey guy trading when we come back We are back, everybody, and we are continuing with the relevant sports that are currently going on. Um, we're going to be talking the NHL with our hockey guy, trade in what are the goings-ons in the NHL right now?
2: Yes. Uh, well, before I get into it, we, I have to go through the, uh, the fantasy just like Alex does with the basketball. Um, I am going to beat Kylie because I'm actually playing her in that as well. <laughs> Ooh, same week. Exactly. Good week for you. Yeah, it's very good week. For you. Um, Alex, you are gonna destroy Tyler, which is probably makes you very happy. Yeah. Welcome. Um, Eric, you kicked James's ass. Oh yeah. Yep. And yeah, so it's kind of funny we all played each other. I mean, besides me playing Kylie, but we all played each other, which is always fun. Um, it that's gonna. I mean, I guess that's gonna come down the wire. I don't. I think the playoffs are gonna be coming up pretty soon. Like the playoffs for the fantasy, and I'm probably not even in it, so it probably doesn't even matter anymore. Um, that said the NHL is in its last week before the trade deadline. Um, and we had that trade deadline discussion last week. So I wonder if any of our you know, predictions or ideas are going to come into fruition. There hasn't been much on the trading trading front. I just don't think there's going to be much on the trading front as, as much as we'd like, just given the, the, the way the world we live in right now, there's not much money. These teams have no teams want to spend money. Um, this COVID year is kind of through a wrench and everything. It's definitely a, a a buyer's market. Um, so if, if a team wants a player, they, they probably can get them for a pretty good price. Um, and speaking of players that, you know, might need to be replaced. Um, the big one, Aaron Eckblad of the Florida Panthers suffered a brutal and sad injury. Uh, I saw it and it it's gut wrenching. It's so, it's heartbreaking for that, for that guy. Um, he's a huge part of that Florida Panthers team. Um, and it was just an unfortunate, I don't even know, it, just a freak accident. Um, but the Panthers have been a hot team this season and they lost, you know, their star defenseman, probably their best defenseman. Um, I, I guess, Alex, I wanted you to take a look at this. How do you think this affects their trade deadline decisions? And do you think this? How do you feel about the team going forward without their their main guy Ekblad back there?
1: Yeah, so it that sucks for it's that sucks. Um, it also sucks because he was on my fantasy team, and oh. I had to make different plans. Um, it's that's a really tough question to ask right now, since they just won six games in a row and yep. currently have the most points in the National Hockey League as we talk. Um, so I think if they had, you know, gone, how many games has he missed now? Like three, three or four? Uh,
2: he's missed three, something, four, Okay,
1: four games. Say they had lost all four of those games without him. I think they would have been much more like an immediate aggression aggressiveness to get another defenseman. But because they're on this hot streak, maybe they don't need him, need it right now. Like I, I think long term, for the re- I mean by long term I mean like the rest of the season. The you know the other guys on that defensive uh, you know, defense is going to have to step up because um, obviously yeah he's probably their best defensive player. Right. My I was gonna say they could maybe be looking at um, Matthias Ekholm. I know he's a left-handed okay. shot, but and you know Ekblad's a right-handed shot. But now the Preds have started playing well and they've gotten themselves back into a playoff spot. So now I'm not sure that the Preds are going to sell. That was the guy that came to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but because they're playing so well right now, I don't think they're going to do anything unless they can get, you know, Eckblad's maybe not, you know, it's not, he's not Victor Hedman. He's not, right. you know, some legit like crazy, crazy, um, defenseman, but He's very solid, so I don't think they're
2: going to do anything. Um, but yeah, devastating injury. I, I I will ask you this: of the six games that they've won last, the last four without him have been between the Red Wings and the the Blue Jackets, who have been playing very shitty. Do you think that has anything like they're out, they're about to play the Hurricanes, who are a legit team in this league? Do you? Yeah. So, do you think maybe these next two games are really going to determine? maybe more so than if they should do anything, you know, before that deadline. Yeah. And I,
1: yeah, I, I think so. And I think a lot of these teams are going to just like the NBA trade trade deadline. They're going to, it's going to be day, the day of the deadline, you know, hours and minutes to the deadline is when people are going to make those deals um, yeah. because the season is so weird. Everyone needs to figure out as much information as they possibly can on their own team and players they're targeting Right. So yeah, if they go, you know, if they lose these next two games, that could definitely change things. It, but at least, you know, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. True. Um, so that's, it's so tough. I don't know. <laughs> I think they probably won't do anything anyway. Right. But I, think I they see get out point. of the first round, obviously they go in the playoffs, right? Or did they yeah. get out of the first round? I think it depends on the matchup, but I think they can. I think they, have you know, I think they've been playing so hot this season. Um, God, it depends on who they would play. So, like, it would who would they, be either right be either now? They'd play Nashville. It, I, I, right? I I mean, unless they're first, okay. they would get yeah.
2: Nashville. It's either Carolina or Nashville, right? Yeah, like
1: yeah, Tampa because Tampa, Tampa could. If they play Nashville, yes. If they play Carolina, no. There
2: you go. That's my answer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so they they really need to get in first, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Um, you know they. I agree. I mean, I think it's, I think a lot of these teams to your point are just going to come down to what's going to happen. Like, because all the points are in the, in the division, we just saw what Nashville's done. And all of a sudden they're in fourth. I just said that in my power rankings that I haven't talked about this team at all this season on my power rankings list. And then finally I get to, because they had a, you know, a nice game winning streak. So to your point, I think that teams are going to wait to the very end because all the points are in the divisions and it's a shortened season and you just don't want to give up something where you might actually have a chance to <laughs> make some noise. Yeah. Um, all that said, i still think that, but, uh, you know, goaltending is still something I question. Bobrovsky needs to play a little bit better. I just don't think he's been the elite guy. It's been, the, it's been Traeger That's been kind of their, their guy, but um, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to depend on these next two games are probably, are probably biggest indicators of what they're going to do. Um, going forward. Yeah. Um, moving on to a team that they're, that they actually, that actually just played the, uh, the Florida Panthers and lost twice back to back. The Columbus blue jackets. They have been quite bad. Um, I mean, last weekend they, they were, they were noted to have a very low energy, low effort type of type of um, play. And I guess that's kind of continuing this week. Um, James, I asked you to take a look at this one. you, D- what do you think is driving this, this team's, you know, lack of effort, lack of energy and, you know, for this is a good team, right? Like what's, what's kind of driving this, you know, weak play.
3: I think it's definitely Torts. Um, oh. his, that answers my coaching. question later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, his coaching style is confrontational. Mm-hmm. it's they yell at you scream at you hardly ever tell you when you do something right yeah when you're winning that's okay <laughs> because when you're winning you can get yelled at but you see the light at the end of the tunnel it's like i'm getting yelled at i'm taking all this abuse but we're winning so that means it's paying off it means it's working when you're losing it's just downright detrimental it makes you question your world to want to play hockey it makes you want to like not play anymore it's like you're yelling at me tell me something i'm doing right for once like make me feel better up my morale a little bit, but no, right now it's just abusive. That's probably the wrong word, but you know, you get, the, you get the point, you get the picture. I get yeah. yeah. Um, Torts moves teams every about five to seven years. And it this is a sixth year in Columbus. So it's about time that he moves on and goes to a new team. <laughs> That's how long people can tolerate him and his antics and his coaching style. Any longer than that, he gets overblown. You leave the team, start over somewhere new. When it's New Years, it's a different thing, blowing once the same people getting yelled at for the same thing all the time without winning, it's not a good recipe for success. And that like I'm not saying Torts is a bad coach, because Torts is a damn good coach, but his coaching style gets overused a little too much and it's not good for the team. Uh, on the flip side, torts can, I mean, he's he probably won't change his coaching style, but you know, if he gives a like a good job every once in a while, give somebody a high five, show some love. Maybe this entire morale will change, but I doubt that.
2: That would be so unlike him. Um, I guess my question—I mean, so I guess you kind of answered it. You think? Do you think this is his last last stint in uh, in Columbus? There.
3: Yeah, man, last twenty games ish.
2: Wow. I mean, you got a I, random
0: question.
3: Yeah.
2: Who's a better press conference post game coach, Torts or Daryl Sutter? That is that is uh, the greatest question ever. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they're just so different, right? Like one, one is just very cold humor, right? Like, like uh, Daryl Sutter calling out, um, you know, slyly calling out Johnny Goudreau was, was amazing. And then, and then, you know, um torts is just won't handle any bullshit questions. Like it just throws it right back in your face. So I, I, I can't really choose because it just depends on what kind of, what kind of, um, you know, feeling you want, you know, do you want some, some dry smart ass remark or do you want, you know, a, kind of a fuck you (laughs) i feel like
1: torts is like belichick and popovich where they where he's just like fuck this this is dumb i don't want to do this
2: yeah yeah i i I definitely think you you're right on that um that's a great question um but going back to 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 what you said james i i i mean i i think you're right um i think this is it for for torts i mean this team this team has is not is just not playing well i mean the interestingly i didn't know how the trade with uh with line a would would turn out it has been an absolute disaster and the and the biggest thing is he's an rfa after this year um so they have to figure out like they have his rights so they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. um if they have a new coach they probably can make that work right it just i don't think he can work under torch. I, I think i said that last time we how saw how many good I,
3: players has torch pushed out pushed out of his teams Yes. A lot, right?
0: Yes.
2: And the issue Yes. How many? Is, yes. It, 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 <laughs> I, 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 well, here's the issue. like Columbus has always had a problem with, with retaining players and uh, playing stars as it is. And then to your point, they, he's already pushed two players. I mean, you could actually, I can't even count on one hand because you can throw in. Um, Going a, Shane. Yeah, you could throw but in Duchesne. but Duchesne's also
0: kind of like a Line A, like from what? Yeah, know, I, I, I would
2: say that Line A and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Duchesne, to an extent, are a little bit on the soft side. But it also doesn't help when you're a complete asshole, to James's point. So, yeah, it's. straight and I have a question for you. Yeah, with in regards to Torts
1: again. So he's only won. He's won one cup, and that was in 2004 yeah with the the Tampa, Bay with the Tampa Bay lightning so it's been almost 2 decades if he's let go from Columbus like does anyone want him like he's got a iffy reputation i would say like yeah. but like he's not proved himself to be like this amazing amazing
2: coach no i mean he's only won 1 cup he's only won 1 cup he does have a he does have a he does have, a, he does have decent stats in terms of wins um, he and he does have the tendency to take over a team. And then for the first like couple years, they're really good. Like he, that's he yeah. kind of bring he, like a, a player, a, a, a team that I would think about is looking up what, you know, Calgary has issues where they're not, you know, buying in and, and actually, you know, giving, giving, a, not efforts, not the right word, but, but showing some sort of, uh, you know, drive to play. And it's because they had a coach that was so soft, you know, it's on the other flip side they're the complete opposite. Now they got Daryl Sutter and he's starting to kind of button it up a little bit. He's going to go to a team like that, that needs some sort of adjustment. I think that he does need to learn a bit. Um, I, I, I don't know where he goes. I I, I really don't. Um, He, I think he was in Vancouver and I think he, I think he was that coach that was, that made it to the finals with against Boston, but don't quote me on that. So he's made it far, he just hasn't been able to finish. Yeah. Okay. I, I also would I also would argue that a lot of the teams that he's played for are, are teams that ha- are, are notorious for not being able to retain stars. Columbus never has been able to retain stars. I don't know if it's the city, I don't know if it's the organization outside of the coaching. I don't know what that is. So it's a little bit tough to, you know, if he if he goes to Tampa Bay, that everyone and the grandma wants to go to Tampa Bay, right? So <laughs> it, it's it, I think I think it's just I think it's a tough question, um, yeah. but I, I think that he'll find a job. He, he's a good coach, but he, his reputation is on the line. I think, I think to your point. Okay, cool. Um, my final, my final topic last week, uh, is kind of interesting. Um, so Tim Peel, he's a veteran ref and a, he's been, he's been a ref in this league for a very, very long time. Um, He was handed in early retirement. Basically, he got fired for the rest of the season. He was supposed to be, he he was supposed to retire at the end of the season um, and finish out his, his, you know, time. But he got let go within hours of a hot mic, catching him basically saying that he, he was trying to find, like he called a a pretty, pretty shitty tripping call against Nashville um, in the game. And, and on, on the mic, he's like, "I, I, I was basically looking for a, for a makeup call for, for what, what, for what happened earlier in the game. Like he, they gave Detroit a, a, a shitty penalty. So he was trying to find a makeup call to kind of balance it out. And everyone knows that the game is kind of called like that. Like there's a like refs are trying to manage the game and, and have these makeup calls. We've just never heard it from a ref's voice or from a ref's mouth. And we did. And the NHL was very quick to just poo poo that and get him out um kind of unlike the nhl usually they do a little bit of uh of investigation so um eric i asked you to take a look at this first of all what do you think of the firing like do you think it was justified or do you think you know we should have a little bit more perspective i guess i'll start with that
0: yeah it's it's weird i don't think they should have fired him on the spot i think like maybe they give him a 10 game sussy or something you know and like, learn like, like you said, uh, the NHL world, the refs do manage the game and they go like tick for tack with the calls. Um, sometimes there's good calls, sometimes there's bad, but they try to even them out so it's not one sided. But yeah, I mean, it didn't help that he was mic'd up and the way he said it too, like, yeah, the wording just sounded bad, you know, mm-hmm. like the wording made it sound like he was almost like cheating, yeah but i don't think that was the case so i don't think they should have fired him i think it should have been like like what is there 20 games left in the season that yeah. like half of those you're you're not going to ref and you need to learn from this and like maybe they restrict a few playoff games from him too or something but i don't think maybe i don't think they should have fired him on the spot but
2: yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's, 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 a tough one too. And I guess before I, before I re- retort, I want to ask you like, what is your kind of ideal game in, in terms of how calls should be made? I mean, there's, there's some in one camp that say, call the rule book, no matter what. And then I see, I'll give you some issues why that, you know, might be an issue. And then there there's others that say, you know, you just got to kind of manage the game. I don't, we don't want to see a a power play every, you know, throughout the entire game. We want to see five on five. What is your kind of, what would you like to see in terms of you know how a game is called? I
0: like the way it currently is. Actually, the manage the game style. I think if it switched to like off the book, you know what it would turn into trading, and this may make you just fucking cringe. It would turn into the NBA refing style, yes. Like, you know, there's, so, I mean not every nba game but there's some games where it's just like foul 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 foul. Yeah. A lot of times you see in most of the end of the games the last 2 minutes takes 10 to 15 minutes cuz then they start really going by the book by the rules calling all the fouls they see um the, so, you know maybe in the playoffs it switches a little and they let them play more but i think the nhl like mentality is like let them play. So yeah. i think they it's best they keep how it currently is.
2: Yeah. I, I, I tend to, I tend to agree. Um, look, I mean, let's be real. If you guys, if you guys watch a hockey game and, and you guys read the rule book, you guys probably would be able to find a penalty on every single shift in a hockey game. It, it, there's probably a penalty of some sort from the textbook. And does anybody on this podcast think that this game should be like it's a much better game five on five than it is, you know, completely all power plays. Like power plays are fun. that That's true. But the game is meant to be played five on five. And when you have a game that is just consistently all power plays, it just kind of takes away from the flow of the game. Like it just kind of take, you know, takes that away. I, I just think that I want to see consistency. So if you're going to, you're going to call some tight calls in the first period play, you know, call it all the way through to the third period. That's, or if you're going to call it loose in the first period, call it loose in the third period, it, you know, set a standard early and then, you know, play it out. Um, but I, I think that this whole thing, like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you guys remember, is it Tim Donahue? He was a NBA ref that yeah, like got the betting guy. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the NHL reacted the way they did because of that. Because because of the way that these makeup calls are, are brought in, the first thing that kind of people thought about is the gambling aspect and how refs can kind of have their hand. I don't think that Tim Peel, the the NHL ref was nefarious in any way regard like compared to to Tim, you know, Tim Donahue, but I think that the NHL was just quick to you know make sure that none of that was was happening especially because gambling is being such a bit is becoming such a growing thing in the, United, in the in the NHL and you know it is unfortunate that this that this guy couldn't finish out his his career correctly i mean i think that uh uh eric's right he probably should have just been suspended for 5 10 games you know we we don't want to hear it we don't I, we know what happens like we you guys you guys see it every game there's get there's makeup calls you're like okay that is not tripping, but we'll, we'll make it up because, you know, our team got one, you know, earlier. So.
3: question if you request? Yeah. um So Tim Peel is going to retire as a referee after this year. So do you think that that played any part in the severity of his suspension? Like if he was a young ref, I feel like he'd just get like a 10 game suspension yeah. kind of thing, but retiring is like, I done with you Now you just missed 20 ish games, give or take. And
2: yeah, I, 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 I think you're definitely right. I think that definitely had something to do with it. But I I honestly think that makes it worse because the guy's been in, working the league for so long and you know he's he's been such a big part of the of the um, you know of this league as a, as a as an official and players really like the guy and I think players are pretty taken aback by the fact that this guy was just shut down when he was supposed to retire and I think that that's right it made it, the NHL easy to just take him out for the rest of the season because he's retiring anyway but he's not going to get that final game he's not going to get that final send off. His, his legacy ends with him getting fired because he said, I just wanted to make up a call, which we know every ref does. So it's a little unfortunate. Um, how crazy is that, though, that, like,
3: that was put on air? Like, that gets said so many times per game by the referees. I know. And it never gets on air. And, yes, there was a home run. Uh, but the fact that the matter, like, how? How? How is it possible that now it's just on air? Like, yeah. conspiracy?
2: Lady, ladies and gentlemen, everything that you say can and will be used against you <laughs> even in life, even in sports and I think this is just another example of that um, but with that you know downer of, uh, of a pers- of you know perspective, thank you James um, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
0: Traden. Uh, another good engaging NHL conversations we just had um, and if you, also randomly on a side note, you guys should check out. If you go on, like, YouTube, they got, like, NHL players mic'd up during games. And, like, they do show all the time. They're talking to the refs, you know. The refs just seem like they're, like, buddies with everybody. They are. Like, like, oh, I'll get you next time, bud. Sorry, I had a bad call. Sorry. But. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, like, great. Like, they all just seem, like, I don't know, maybe in the NBA, like, they do talk to the refs. Sometimes it's more negative than that, though, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's me going on a tangent. I think, uh, guys, I think the reason
2: before you before that, I mean, unlike any other sport in the NHL, the or I'm sorry, the, in the world, penalties actually affect the time of the game. Like they affect time on the game. So, I think penalties have the most impact on a game. Just in the in case that you know it's for two whole minutes, you're at a disadvantage. That's a that's a long time in a in a game like hockey. So yeah. I, I just I just think that it means something for the players and the refs to have a, a have a good rapport so that they have that good relationship.
0: So in soccer, the the extra minutes isn't doesn't have to do with penalties.
2: I, well, I mean it, it
0: does. But so then soccer is the other sport. <laughs> it yeah. is. You're right. <laughs> you're right. And lacrosse has power plays too. But yeah. Anyways, uh, you're right. Pretty much. In terms of the major uh, four, we'll talk major
2: <laughs> here in the United, United States. Yeah
0: all right guys uh when we return we'll be into our last segment of the week it's going to be james the football guy talking football of course when we come back everybody welcome back we are into the last segment of the week um football guy, James, is going to talk football as usual. And we are talking NFL draft picks, specifically picks 21 through 32. The important ones, uh, James, why are they important?
3: To be honest, man, every pick in the first round is important. I mean, in a seven-round draft, the first round is going to be insane. It's stock full of talent. If we've seen anything in the NFL, it's like the first three three rounds, you can get a superstar in those three rounds. But the first round in its, of itself, it increases your chances exponentially. Um, so we're going to do a mock draft today. Uh, we're going to do 21 through 32, like Eric had mentioned. But the guys are going to be trying a little bit hard to get these right. Because whoever wins and gets the most right, I'm going to give them 25 bucks. Maybe 50, maybe 100. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been decided yet. But the better you are, the more money you'll get. So we're going to start off with number 32 of the NFL draft. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trading, who are you drafting?
2: Okay. Um, here's the thing about the Tampa Bay. They got all 22 starters coming back. They don't need much. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, I think they're, they're going to add running back Najee Harris. Um, I think that he's just going to slot in as a, as a, uh, as a nice, nice backup and he's just going to, there's already a strong running back group and he's just going to be, you know, the, the guy that comes up after everyone starts to, you know, go by the wayside.
3: Interesting. Definitely not what I was thinking at all. Alex, what do you got?
1: Um yeah, that's not what I got. Um wait, so if we how how many do I have to get right to get 100 bucks? Now I'm now I'm curious.
3: Uh, you'll see at the end when okay. we get to number 1. I will tell okay. you. Okay. cool.
1: Um so for the bucks, yeah, trading you're right. Um, they brought all 22 starters back. They don't need a bunch. That typically is what happens when you've just won the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm going to go with Levi Onwuzuru K. Nailed it um he's a defensive lineman from Washington um I think that core of, of especially on the line is a little bit older um he doesn't have to be a starter right away he can learn and then kind of build into that system um that's how I got going to the Bucks at 32.
0: Eric uh for the Bucks 32 I'm, I'm also on the defensive side of things I'm going with the linebacker from Georgia Aziz Ojulari um you know, he's going to learn from that core group of guys they have now um, and just build off of that.
3: Um, for my pick for the Bay Buccaneers, I went with Zavin Collins from Tulsa. He's an outside linebacker. He plays the same position as Jason Pierre-Paul, and as Trey had mentioned, they returned all their starters. Jason Pierre-Paul is a little bit older, though, so he could sit there, learn the ed- learn the ropes, and, you know, be a good outside linebacker in the future, not right now. Tyler, because he's not here. Tyler went with Jason Owen, an edge rusher from Penn State. 31, Kansas City Chiefs. Alex, who are you drafting?
1: Yeah, um, we talked about it during the how do we fix the Chiefs segment a couple weeks ago. Um, But I'm going Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman from the Trojans down there in Southern California. Uh, Someone's got to protect Patrick Mahomes. They did let a couple of their guys leave in free agency slash cuts. So Elijah Vera Tucker, USC.
3: I went with the same exact pick as you. The cool thing about him, he plays both guard and tackle positions, so he can slot in anyone on the line. And he also only allowed two hurries last season. That's crazy. Eric, what
0: do you got? I got an offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Liam Eichenberg, because, like we said, they need uh, good linemen.
2: Trading. I, too, have an offensive lineman from Oklahoma State, uh, Tevin Jenkins. He can slot in as a tackle or a guard, and he is NFL ready. Let's go. I
3: like that. Tyler went with Samuel Cosme, an offensive tackle from Texas. At least we're all on Number the
2: right th-
0: page. Yeah,
3: for sure. Everybody went offensive line. That's awesome. Number 30 in the NFL draft is the Buffalo Bills, a.k.a. Alex's favorite team. So, Alex, who you got going to
1: the Bills? Okay, First of all, the Rams are my favorite team. Just I think Josh, Allen, Josh Allen and I are boys. That's just that's just what it is. Um, I am going, and I'm actually not super confident with this one, but I'm going with Travis Etienne running back from Clemson, oh, really? um, I know that their offense is legit um, and they probably need more help on the defensive side. I'm just not sold on those running backs. Um, and I think Travis Etienne, you know, played with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that him matching up with uh, – um, in that Bucks offense could – I mean, in the, in the Bills offense could be deadly. Eric, what do you got? Jason Owe,
0: defensive end from Penn State. Uh, just to continue to build their defensive side, they kind of needed a stronger defense. It seemed when they played
2: the Chiefs. So build that defense. Traden. I have a sneaky one. It's it's it might be you know it might be a steal, but it might be a bit of a stretch. I have Pat Fryermuth from Penn mm-hmm. State. his tight end. Um, instantly he's going to, he's going to join that. He's going to be their number one tight end. Cause I think they really need that. And he's going to bring his big strength is the, is the um, red zone. And I think that's going to be a huge, um, push for, uh, for that offense there.
3: He wasn't even on my big board for this. That's crazy. That's a, that's a sneaky pick for sure. I went with Jalen Phillips an edge rusher from the U. He was one of the best at best edge defenders this year, but he's going to slip because he has concussion history. He had nine sacks last season and 20 and hurried the QB 29 times. Uh, like I said, the Bills are set on offense, but they need to improve their defense, and that's where they're going to go. Their defensive line is getting older, so you got to go younger on that aspect. Tyler picked Christian Barmore, a defensive tackle from Alabama, number twenty-nine. The Green Bay Packers.
0: Uh, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I got a cornerback from Georgia, Tyson Campbell. Um, they seem to be pretty pretty stacked offensively. And I feel like I said that a bunch already, so they need to build the <laughs> defense.
2: <laughs> Traden, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be mad that I'm not that they're not going to pick a wide receiver um, in the first round, but I'm going to say uh, from Notre Dame, Jeremiah owusu koromoa linebacker. Um, he he's explosive. He makes an instant impact on a on the defense scheme that they kind of run, especially the pass rush, and they need help on defense. I like that pick.
3: I like that one too. Uh, Alex. Uh,
2: I went uh, offense. I went with
1: Samuel Cosme. We talked about him earlier, offensive tackle from Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. I think with David Bechtjari's injury, um, they're a little bit weaker up front there. So um, I think that that's maybe where they're going.
3: I went with a very sneaky pick. I went with Nick Bolton. He's a linebacker. He's projected a third-round pick, but. He's a really good linebacker, and the Packers need a linebacker big time. He's not the fastest guy out there, but he's the smartest. He doesn't miss tackles. He's a lot passing, of passing rate of 24. Crazy. Um, he had the most stops in the SEC last year. And then Tyler went with Rondell Moore, a wide receiver from Purdue. So there you go, Traden. Wide receiver right there. Number 28, the New Orleans Saints. Trade, what do you got?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I think the new Orleans is going to replace Trey Hendrickson with a, with an edge rusher in Gregory Rousseau from Miami. Um, it's going to take the pressure off of the rookie uh, Cameron Jordan. Uh, I, I think that he's going to, he's going to find his way up in that, in that um, uh, lineup. And I think he's going to be a huge pick.
1: Alex. I went with Jamin Davis linebacker out of Kentucky. Um, I think same thing on the defensive side. Um, I think, you know, they're, that's what they're kind of struggling with compared to the offense, which even with Drew Brees retiring, still has a lot of weapons. Um, so that's what I went with for the Nolan and science. Eric. Uh, Gregory Rousseau,
0: the oh, D end okay. from Miami, who you mentioned earlier, I think. I think Trayton just
2: mentioned him. Traden. That's who I think.
3: <laughs> like just right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went with Caleb Farley, a cornerback from Virginia Tech. The Saints' defense okay last season, but the corners were getting torched constantly. He opted out last season, so he doesn't have any stats. But in 2019, he was the best coverage linebacker there was – or not linebacker, cornerback there was. He had four picks. And then um, Tyler went with Kadarius Toney, another wide receiver from Florida. Tyler's going very wide receiver heavy in this draft.
2: Really? number 27
3: (laughs) you can always need more receivers right yeah that's what tyler says (laughs) Uh, (laughs) number 27 the baltimore ravens alex what do you got
1: so i went with um who you picked for the i think for the bills with jalen phillips the edge rusher out of miami um the ravens you know have traditionally been a defensive team um so i think that they you know maybe they're not as scared of the concussion um issues and they're going to pick him at number 27
0: I like that. Eric? Uh, I got a wide receiver from LSU, Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, and another even more weapons for um, Lamar Jackson to throw to.
3: I agree with you there. I also have the same thing with Terrace Marshall Jr. He's a big body, and that's something that the Ravens desperately need. Their best wide receiver is 5'7 in Hollywood Brown. The thing about Terrace Marshall, though, he runs a four three eight forty guy's crazy fast crazy athletic um he had 700 yards last season and 10 touchdowns and surprise surprise tyler also picked terrace marshall jr another wide receiver so three wide receivers in a row for tyler Shane, what do you got
2: yeah um, i have a wide receiver but i don't have your guy from old miss we got elijah moore um, i like his quickness i think he's going to be a good security blanket for our for our boy lamar who desperately needs that improvement on the wide receiver end
3: love it Moving on to number 26, we have the Cleveland Browns. Eric, what do you got?
0: I have Elijah Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Everything trade and described, but for the Browns system.
3: Okay. Um, I actually went with Gregory Rousseau, who you guys said last pick. But the reason being is I don't think he's slipping. Uh, 26 is far enough for him to slip. Anything more than that, it's going to be a travesty. He's going to work really well with Miles Garrett and Ty McKinley. That's going to be a good defensive line if they can get him. Trade, what do you got?
2: For Miami, I have Jalen Phillips, the defensive line. Um, I think that, you know, you're just going to keep boosting that up. He's also pretty versatile. He can can play the edge. He can also play the inside. And I think that's kind of a – I think that's a big deal. Um, And I think that he's going to help with that offensive line that is already pretty solid.
1: Alex? So I went with Terrace Marshall Jr. for this pick, not whatever was the last pick. Um, I know I think that – OBJ could be out. There's been rumors that they've been talking about trading him. Um, So I think that the Browns might snag him a pick earlier than what you guys were projecting.
3: Okay. And then um, Tyler went with Jameen Davis, a linebacker from Kentucky. 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who also have the number one pick. It's crazy. Uh, Tyler, what do you, not Tyler, trading. What do you got?
2: Let's get, oh, this is a preview from my, what I think is going to be the first pick. Let's get Lawrence a wide receiver in Kadarius, Tony from, uh, Tony from Florida. Um, I think that those two are just going to develop good chemistry right from the get-go. He's also, he's also very speedy. And I think that's going to help that, that, um, that budding offense
3: mm. with an urban Meyer led offense. That's going to be insane to watch
1: Alex. Um, so I agree on the position. I disagree on the player. I think it's that Ron, Rondell Moore from Purdue. Mm. Um, he, reminded or he I think he will remind Urban Meyer of Percy Harvin who played at Florida with Urban Meyer tap, teaming him up with um, probably Trevor Lawrence we'll see when we get to number one if I pick something different um, but that's who I got going Eric, to the Jags
0: I got Zayden Collins uh, the guy you mentioned earlier the linebacker from Tol- Tulsa um, yeah build the defense <laughs> <laughs>
3: So uh, for my pick at 25, because I believe that Trevor Lawrence will become that number one overall pick, I went with Tevin Jenkins, a tackle. You got to protect your quarterback, especially if it's somebody as good as this guy. Uh, he's a will-imposer. If he slips to 25, that's going to be insane because he's, he's probably the second best offensive lineman in this draft. He only allowed four pressures on 211 pass sets last season. The guy's crazy good. He's a massive human being. And at 25, Tyler has Jeremiah Usu Koromoa, a linebacker from Notre Dame. That was really hard to pronounce. Yeah, I trainer. said it earlier. <laughs> yeah, it was good thing Tyler
1: wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler would have
3: probably started it out, but that's fine. Number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eric, what do you got?
0: Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. Um I don't even remember who their running back was this last year, but James Conner. Yeah, he didn't do that good, I don't think, because I didn't hear his name a lot. But I also didn't watch a lot of Steelers. But they need a running back to build for their build the offense, Steelers.
3: I agree with you there. I also said the same thing with Najee Harris. So we've agreed on two things now. Um, the guy – or James Conner is not returning this season, which means that running back room is pretty much empty with a, guys, a bunch of guys that have no names whatsoever. Like, they don't produce – he almost had 1,500 yards rushing alone last season, and also had 26 touchdowns. Trade, what do you got?
2: I got linebacker from Georgia, Aziz Ojulari. Odula- um, I think that might be it. Might be a risky pick because I think he might that I assume he's going to fall this far back. But I think the Steelers continue to find you know their gems on on the line, and uh, this is just another one of those. Alex. Uh, I've got Carlos Bisham, the edge
1: rusher from Wake Forest. Um, I think same thing. The Steelers are going to load up on defense. Um, I have Najee Harris going earlier, which is why he doesn't fall to them. Um, But I think the Steelers go full defense.
3: is Najee Harris your first running back off the board? Mine? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, For number 24, Tyler has Jalen Mayfield, an offensive tackle from Michigan. Number twenty-three, my second favorite team in the NFL right now, that's the New York Jets. Jaden, <laughs> what do you got?
2: From Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback. Um, he, he's a big playmaker, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna help in that Robert Sala defense. He's gonna adjust nicely, and I think that. He, and with with that coach, you know, as your as your new mentor, pff, watch this guy's gonna be big time. <laughs> Alex. I agree. I think they, not with the player, but I agree that
1: with Barbara Sala as the new head coach, they're going to pick defense here since they're most likely going to pick offense earlier in the draft. Um, I have Zavin Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa you guys have mentioned earlier. He's super athletic and then he can fly around that on that defensive, uh, that defense for Sala there in New York. Eric.
0: Travis ETN, ETNA, the running back from Clemson, uh, or however the fuck you say his last name because <laughs> James is laughing at me. But their running backs have just been old. Um, Frank Gore, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, and they haven't done shit. And Darnold needs a guy to help take pressure off him. You need a fresh young dude to help run the ball for him.
3: I agree with you once again, Eric. That's ridiculous. But I also went with Travis Etienne. That's what he's <laughs> name. ETN. Uh, I was close. <laughs> um to alex's point that um robert Saul is the defensive guy and so he thought that they were going to pick defense and i disagree because of that reason i think because robert Saul is such a good defensive coach he can make do what he has um, but they're going to be running a kyle shanahan offense and a kyle shanahan offense is predicated on having a good explosive pass catching running back and that is what travis Etienne is the guy I'm had trade said
1: defense too just saying you don't have to but okay, so you and Trayden,
3: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. Trayden, your point was also terrible. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, trade um, Travis Jen had 588 yards receiving, which led the nation. So he was the best pass-catching running back there was in the nation last season. So I think he'll do well in the Jets. Uh, Tyler had Caleb Farley, a defensive back from Virginia Tech. Moving on, to number 22, we got the Tennessee Titans. Alex, what do you got?
1: I have Greg Newsom II, a cornerback out of Northwestern. Um, the Titans lost a lot of their cornerback depth during this free agency period, um, and I think that they need help out there. So I've got Greg Newsom II.
3: I agree with you there as well. I have the same guy. The Titans run a very zone heavy defensive scheme, and Greg Newsom is a very good zone corner. He only allowed 12 receptions last season for 93 yards. That was it all season long. Only give up
0: 93 yards. Lockdown corner. Eric, what do you got?
3: I have Greg
2: Newsom the uh, second.
0: <laughs> everything you just said and everything Alex just said, I agree.
2: <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Trading. Wow, I feel like an idiot. Um, Purdue <laughs> from Purdue, I got Ron, Rondell Moore, wide receiver. Um, I think you need someone to replace Corey Davis, and I think his explosiveness is gonna is gonna be huge for that uh, for that offense.
3: At 22, Tyler picked Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. And last but not least, we got the Indianapolis Colts at 21. Eric, who you got?
0: Quiddie Pay, uh, defensive end from Michigan. Build a defense.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this is ridiculous, but I agree with you once again. Like, what the hell, man? Quiddie Pay is going to go the Colts. The Colts lost a lot of defense this year, um, D'Amico Autry went to a division rival and Justin Houston has not been re-signed, which is leaving DeForest Buckner on that line all by himself. So draft this guy as defender, he's the most athletic edge defender in the draft. He hasn't put it all together. He needs a lot of polish, but to be as good as he is with as little like um, refinement as he has, it says a lot about how much better he'll be if he can put it all together. Trade, what do you got?
2: One of my favorite teams in the NFL, um, Penn's, Penn's, from Penn State, Jason Owe. He's an edge rusher. His his athleticism and his in his grit and his just pure, pure straight athleticism, like I said, is going to be the, the, the key for this. Um, and I think he's a perfect fit for, for this Indianapolis team. Alex? I went in a totally different direction. Um, I went with Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Old
1: Miss. Um, I think they want to pair a quick speedy guy with Carson Wentz who they, for some reason, traded for uh, because he's Carson Wentz for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) But I think they're going to need kind of a, um, you know, a blanket for him, I guess.
3: Yeah, a safety blanket. I like it. Yeah, safety. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Tyler went with Aziz Ujulari and Edge from Georgia at 21 to the Indianapolis Colts. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is the first part of a three-part draft series. Stay tuned and see who gets
0: number one. Thank you, James. That was uh, that'll probably actually make me pay attention now to the NFL draft. Um, and now I just learned a little more about all these players and what the and it, I do like how you com- compared it with what we said teams needed because I kind of forgot what I said teams needed, but you reiterating what we said helps me actually pick the right guys for these teams to go to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, but everybody, uh, that is what we have for you this week. Once again, Tyler was greatly missed. He couldn't make it. Um, but you know, as usual, we want to thank all you listeners for continuing to, to stick with us. It's 41 weeks deep so far. Uh, we continue to grow and get better and learn from you guys as well. Uh, check the Instagram, check the spot Spotify. Um, or Apple Podcasts, of course, where, you know, we mainly throw all of our stuff. Um, James has been doing great with all of our Instagram videos. Um, Like I always say, the sports world is flourishing. The world is spinning. Um, Baseball's full go. Tomorrow night is Baylor versus Gonzaga um, for the final bracket game. Um, This coming weekend is the Masters tournament. Uh, The NHL trade deadline is next week. Uh, The NBA has like almost 20 games left. Shit is winding down and it's about to get interesting and uh, keep listening and we'll keep you guys tuned in with everything going on. Thank you.